Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Lindsay Stead. She's a passion about empowering women in business to reach consistent 5K months. Together, she works with clients to eliminate any internal and external expectations that have been limiting them so that they can reconnect with the woman they were before and who the world told us we should be. This way, they can get out of their own way and create a fun, profitable, balanced business. From start to scale, Lindsay Stead will revolutionize your business with the strategy, industry knowledge, friendship, and support you need. Lindsay's a trailblazer when it comes to coaching industry, having built her entire career around the belief that your success is inevitable as long as you keep going and forge genuine relationships. Thank you so much for being here today, Lindsay. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've enjoyed chatting with you before we even hit record. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> we should have recorded all of our Bachelor of Love is Blind chat before we hit record. But yeah. I'm excited to dig into today about business coaching and productivity and all things related to the podcast. So I just yeah. read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words a little bit more about your journey and what inspired you to start your business. It's so interesting because I've actually just recently been remapping out sort of my like quote unquote story and how I got here. And so it's been really top of mind. Essentially, I I was born. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was I I moved cities. Uh, I was working with teenagers, families, and children with intellectual disabilities. I got hired to work for the school board as an ABA therapist. So I really worked in that field for about 10, 15 years. And then I got pregnant. We got pregnant with our first daughter. And I just knew I was so burnt out from working in that capacity. I was exhausted. I was so burnt out and uh, stressed out that actually I would be walking the halls of the school and people would stop me and say, oh my gosh, Lindsay, do you need me to call an ambulance? And I would be like, no, why? And the, and, and because they thought I was having an anaphylactic reaction because my face was so swollen from the stress. I also, at that point, I texted, I sent my parents a selfie and my mom wrote back and said, who is that? I was like, mom, it's me. But I was so swollen that she didn't recognize me, like my own parents. So I knew I needed to make a change and I got to make a change. And then I was pregnant and I, you know, had our little girl and decided to do some home daycare for a little bit because I knew I didn't want to go back to the school and wanted to be with her, had another baby, did the same thing. And I still knew I didn't really want to be working with kids as much anymore. And so I but I was so overwhelmed by thinking like, what do I want to do, right? This feels like such a huge, intimidating question. It's overwhelming. So I started to reverse engineer it. And I really, I had recently heard about a book, uh, I think it was called Career Gasm. And to be honest, I bought it and I never read it, but I took the concept of it. I still have it somewhere. I took the concept of it, which was essentially to build out what you want out of your career, build it like a recipe. So write out all the key ingredients and then figure out what you're going to do. So that's what I did. And I knew that from, based from my previous 
work, I knew it was really important to me that I would be making a positive impact and helping people. And I wanted to have my own hours. I wanted to have an outlet that was creative and strategic. And so that was really where it all started. Amazing. The Coles Notes version that I word vomited at you. (laughs) That's amazing. And, And the reason I always start with this question is because it's such a great kicking off point to see where people's journeys have brought them. And it's it's never linear. It's never what we think it's going to be. And that's what's exciting about this is we're allowed to, to change our mind and to figure it out. And I love the idea of putting all of the pieces together and working backwards to build the life that you'd like to live. Yeah, that was, it, it made such a difference for me because I have often found myself sort of sitting in awe you know, even if you just look around like your room, your office, your car, wherever you are, while you're listening to this out for a walk, look around and think about how many of the things that you can see have been created or require a human being behind them to create it, to build it, to like strategize any of that. And so I found it so overwhelming you know, to look around and be like, okay, you know, I can, I mean, not that I would be able to do this, but in theory, I could be a technician who specializes in electric cars. I could be somebody, I could be a pilot. I could be somebody who's making this park bench. It can literally be anything. And I found that so overwhelming. And then I would just sit there paralyzed by that. Well, it's not, it's not normally talked about grownups asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's what we ask little kids. Mm-hmm. And so when we're forced to answer that question as adults, it absolutely feels overwhelming because now we know what all the, the options are. We know that there are jobs that don't even exist yet that we are going to be preparing for without even knowing it. And so of course that that's overwhelming and exciting and scary and all of the, all of the feelings. It really is. And so, and and I think too, we get to extend that question of what do I want to be, but to also, you know, what do I actually want out of life, you know, and where does my job or my business, where does that fit into this? And how can I make sure that those two, three, two things are working in a very congruent manner? instead of just running alongside of each other where because they're going to intersect right so how can we make sure that they're intersecting in a positive way on a norm right i mean we're all going to have off days or moments and and that's not what i mean but overall how are we going to make sure that these things are working together to funnel up into our own big picture our own big vision for what we want cuz we look we're so we can be so short sighted Absolutely. Well, that segues really nicely into what you do um, for your clients and and in your business. So who is a typical client that comes to work with you? So it's evolved. (laughs) I find oftentimes, and this is, this is why, you know, as you said in in the intro um, with kind of the description there, I find that I get a lot of clients that come to me who are used to that sort of quote unquote, nine to five or corporate life. And they've decided they want to go out on their own. They want to have their own business, mostly for the fact of time and location freedom. 
financial, yes, but because they're often still figuring it all out, um, they know that it's possible. And so, yes, we get to work on getting there, but they're often overwhelmed with where to start and what to do next. I see them so often bringing this corporate persona into their business. And that's really messing with them. It it essentially will hold them back without them even realizing it. Uh, So between that and looking at, I get a lot of introverts. I'm an introvert. So I, you know, we, we jive and I get it. So a lot of introverted women and people who really and truly above all else, they are lacking confidence. They're so riddled with self-doubt because this is a new experience. They, they just don't know what they're doing and that's okay. And they're asking for help. That's great. And I love that that's who you're working with because I think that there is there is that gap there, right? And we, when you're new to the space, it feels like everybody else has got it all figured out and knows what to do and how to do it. And everybody looks so much more professional than you, but that's exactly what you're saying the opposite of, right? You don't have to look quote unquote professional. That's the corporate version mm-hmm. of business. We as entrepreneurs get to decide how we show up and what vibe our business puts out and what persona we bring to that. And so I, without someone actually walking you through that, you're just going to you're going to roll out of bed a whole new dot corporate person. <laughs> that takes some work. Yes, it does. It takes time to kind of pull those back. And oftentimes people don't even realize that they're doing it, right? They don't realize that they have the, the choice. They get to make that decision to do things in a different way. You know, I always tell my clients, you don't, you don't have to be a Monday to Friday, nine to five person. If that doesn't work for you, if you're a night owl and that's where you hit your peak creativity, why are you trying to force yourself here? Right. And, and I always say by nature, we as entrepreneurs are already coloring outside of the line. So why are we now trying to cram ourselves back inside of them? We don't have to. Yeah. I had a, go ahead. No, I was saying that in and of itself can be a very freeing permission, piece of permission. Yeah. I, I think we talked about this in our, our pre-show interview that I gave the exact same spiel to one of my clients mm-hmm. and because he was very stressed out that he went to go for a workout in the middle of the day. Yes. Like, you, you're allowed to do that. That's, yeah. that's okay. That's good. If that's the best time for you to work out, then go for it. Did anyone miss you? No. Yeah. There you go. That's the beauty of this. It is the beauty. I I also giggled. Uh, I can't remember if I told you this, but a couple of weeks ago, one of my really good girlfriends texted me and said, hey, can you take June 16th, Friday, June 16th off of work so we can go for a massage? And I wrote her back and he said, I mean, yeah, like I'm the boss, so I can probably arrange that. <laughs> but and she she's a nurse, she's a healthcare professional, so it's also it's different. Yeah, I don't get that, but it was just I I totally giggled when I got the message. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can. Uh, you know, let me just run that by my boss, and nope, she approved it. You know? <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> awesome. It is. I mean, how how fun is that? Right, like that's so liberating. That's awesome. That you don't have to ask permission for a day off. No, just go for it. <laughs> I just get to do it. Yeah. And that's great. You know? So, I, I mean, there is still a, a line, like a work ethic that needs to come into play, right? Because we just take every day off. 
where are we going to, where are we going to end up? But yeah, I mean, knowing that we have that flexibility, it's incredible. And that's why, that's what so many people have, it's been a driving force for so many people to go into entrepreneurship and have their own businesses. And yet they don't allow them to actually have those things. So it was like, I really wanted this. It was important enough for me to leave my career, my job. And yet I'm still not quite confident enough to actually give myself that. Absolutely. Well, I think you also brought up a good point too about you do have to work, right? And so one of the things we talked about was finding that balance between the hustle culture of working all day, every day, because that's a very easy trap to fall into, especially when you're just starting and it is all you and you have to be all of the things in your business. But also that other message we see online of, oh, it's a two-hour work week, or I only worked two hours today and I made a million dollars. And the <laughs> we're not seeing the full story there. So how do you coach someone through them seeing these two sides and, and getting really confused? Feistily. Yeah, no, I get a little heated. <laughs> it, it is an interesting piece, right? Because we do, we see kind of these two extremes. And this is part, partially, largely why I talk so much about balance in to my clients and my audience, because we see extremes, you know, not just in business, but in so much of the world. It's you're either this or you're this. There's no in between. There's no gray area. There's no, there's no and. It's either or. And I want to help bring people back to this and piece, you know? So in in this case, what I one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is really map out, hey, this is what I want my my workday and my work week to look like on a regular basis. And that's what we're going to go and strive for. We're going to go, we're going to work our way up to getting you that schedule. And it's not always overnight. Sometimes it is. It depends on where you're coming from, right? Where you're at. And then I always tell them, look, build your business to the rule. You create the rules. Build your business and operate from the rules and then make the exceptions when it's necessary rather than the other way around. Because I often see people building it to the exception and then trying to cram in rules and it doesn't work. So we really look at what do they actually want? What is reasonable and realistic, right? Because we do, like you said, we only see one side of this online. And so I I make sure I point out, hey, yes, this person is telling me they made a million bucks in two hours this week, and that's great. And we don't know the whole picture. We don't know how long it took them to get to this part of their business. We don't know if they're running ads. We don't know what their marketing strategies are. We don't know if they have a team who maybe they're, they're work, the team is working 40 hours a week. We don't know. We don't have any of that context. And so why are we building based on just what we see face value, right? We get to across the board, as my dad would always say, turn the page. Okay, this is what happened. Now turn the page. What happens next? And that goes both ways. We get to take a bit more of a critical eye, not critical in the sense of being negative, but just questioning, right? Being aware that there is often much more than what meets the eye. 
Absolutely. And and I think, I think you bring up a lot of really good points there. The the first thing is absolutely it's it's never what meets the eye, right? Especially those people who are claiming, you know, lots of money in the, the little amount of time. And that's why I actually try to avoid even saying the phrase like work less and make more money. Like I try to avoid phrases like that because they feel disingenuous. It takes a lot of work. Running a business is a lot of work. Um, so just being transparent and clear about that, especially if you're in the newer phases, you can find joy in it and you can find balance and all of that, but it's not, it's not nothing. It's not. <laughs> and then there's also that hustle side that like, make sure that we're not just self-perpetuating that, that that's that the more we talk about that, that's why I try to you know, not say I was busy today. Right. Because that just perpetuates this idea of like that being busy is good. I don't need to be busy. I need to be impactful. Yeah. I need to, I need to do money making activities in my business. I need to like, so anyone can be busy, but how do we get impactful in our business? Uh, and you mentioned quite a bit of time about like really maximizing those small pockets of time. And so how do you make a really big impact when you don't have a lot of time? Maybe you are still in the nine to five and you're starting your business on the side and you have, or, and, or you have a family, right? Like how do we really maximize that time? Yeah, it's different for every person, right? I have joked so much and I think I said this to you before because my kids were young. I had a, you know, two and a half, three-year-old and a one-year-old, give or take, when I started my business. And I often joke that I built my business between nap times, play dates, and Paw Patrol episodes because and I was really heavily relying on pockets of time. I also at that time did not have boundaries with clients, uh, not a lot of boundaries. So, <laughs> you know, but that wasn't, people weren't seeing that, right? They were seeing me working, they were seeing the kids. And it wasn't that I was intentionally not sharing that. It was that I didn't realize that I didn't have the boundaries. It took me a while to realize that it wasn't normal to stay up and work, like quote unquote normal to stay up work until, you know, between like one to 2 a.m., then go to bed, wake up around 3, 3.30 and check my email to see if I had client emails and then respond and then go back to sleep for a couple of hours until I got up. So in terms of the pockets of time, I mean, that we have these lingering lists right? These like nagging to do things that we know we should do, but we don't want to do. And honestly, those things are usually the quickest to just fire out and pump off your like check off your list. So I do a couple of things. So one, if I'm feeling really kind of overwhelmed with my workload, which to be honest, I'm in a place now where that does not happen often. But if I does, I get it all out of my head get like write out a list. And then I prioritize the top three things on that list, commit to myself to doing those. And once those are done, I can give myself permission to sign off for the day if I want to. By then, usually though, you've got that momentum going and you've got those wins under your belt. So now you can keep going. You're more motivated. For the pockets of time, how many of us mindlessly scroll social media, right? For an hour a day or an hour at a time. (laughs) How many of us sit in the car a little bit longer, right? Uh, Before we go in the house or we leave early. Well, or maybe you are somebody who takes the bus or public transportation. These are windows of time that you can set aside five, 10 minutes and you can say, okay, 
what are these nagging little to do's that I that that I have been wasting brain space on because they're just on my shoulder like the devil, like you know, and uh, and and leverage those pockets of time. Ten minutes of engagement on Instagram is better than zero minutes of engagement. And so often we make it into a much bigger task. Minimize it. Use those pockets of time. Take ten minutes out of your mindlessly scrolling. Get into the groove, and you're going to see. A uh, you'll see a definite change and trajectory shift for yourself. Yeah, I, I, that's so good. I was taking notes because you said so many good, so many good nuggets. I want to respond to and really the brain dump list is like my go-to move. That's like I'm sure my audience has heard me say this hundreds of times. Like if you start like just get it out of your head. That is what's causing you that swirly that that weight get it out of your head because as you said, those priorities will bubble to the surface naturally. It'll be like, that's the thing I have to do right away. And making sure that again, we're looking through all of those tasks through the lens of what are my goals? If my goal right now is to make $10,000 this month, just picking that number out, then changing the colors of my website is not supporting that goal, right? So like, Thinking, making every decision through the lens of what are my goals right now. Yes. And then as far as maximizing those small moments, for me, I also really think about like, I travel quite a bit. I always, I have her most of my jobs. And now that I live in a different country, travel takes like, it's a three-day affair to get anywhere. And so I have to be really strategic about what can I get done in the airport with limited Wi-Fi, one screen, minimal setup. What can I get done on the airplane without Wi-Fi? And what can I get done like in those stupid standing in line, wait around moments? And I actually, like I plan that out on my, my, my to-do list is like create a plan for the plane. Like that is, that is part of, of my travel experience because I know how if I didn't do that, then I would be frustrated that I forgot to make my Google Doc available offline. And sometimes, just to be totally frank too, that's okay to be self-care time. That's okay to like, sometimes I read my book. Sometimes I watch a TV show I downloaded, right? Like I'm not saying that I'm working 24 seven. I'm just saying like, I am intentional about those small moments. And that's exactly what you were saying. It's being intentional with that time. Yes. And sometimes that starts with a time audit. Where are you? Mm -hmm. Where are you putting your time? And when you are, you know, do you feel good after you, you know, mindlessly scroll for an hour? Maybe you do. And that's totally fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can, you, this isn't about maximizing every minute you have to be, you know, productive or busy. It's being aware of how you're spending your time, how it's making you feel and, and where there could be a disconnect. So, okay. I also, <laughs> It's funny, you and I talked about this before. It's like, do we really think we can keep it under an hour? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you said something about the goals, right? And so if you're, you know, if if your goal is to be hitting a 10K month or whatever, whatever that number is, and then you're changing the colors on your website, it is, I see that that, in my opinion, that's more like busy work. It's not a have to do. And have you, do you know about domino goals? Do you guys, do you ever talk about domino goals here? I was going to ask you about this and I saw your great post today. So please share with everybody about these. Thank you. I love them so much. It's a newer concept to me. 
uh, from, I think it was a workshop with Catherine Zinkina uh, from Manis- the Manifestation Babe in December. And I swear I'm obsessed with domino goals now. And I am sure my clients are so sick to death of hearing me talk about them. I'm like, are you doing your domino goals? Um, so okay, basically a domino goal is you're going to, when you're, especially if you're overwhelmed with what to focus on and what to do next, look, do a, a brain dump again of what your goals are. Then what you're going to do, so say, say I actually, yes, today, I mean, not that this is going to air today, but I did today, I did one or yesterday of domino goals in action. And so if basically you can look at your goals, so say you've got three to five goals and one is to move to a new apartment. One is to go on a vacation. One is to hire a team member, one or outsource more. One is to make, you know, a 10K month. When you look at all of these, all of these goals, you get to identify what is the common thread? What one thing is going to be the catalyst, the domino for all of these being able to start? And in that example, money is the is the goal or is it that's the common thread right and so if you now recognize and are aware of that you can start thinking okay so if all of this hinges on money what are the money generating or money making activities that i'm going to prioritize prioritize is are those colors on my website going to make me more money probably not right that's i mean i know i could argue any any position sure sure but realistically, probably not, right? What's going to be more of a priority? Changing those website colors or is it going to be and going to attend a networking event locally? Which, you know, there's one that has more of a projected outcome than the other, right? And so that's what you get to focus on. Look at those, look at what you can do. And what I always tell people is once you have found that common thread, a brainstorm 10 minimum 10 things that you could start doing implementing and executing right now to support that goal so what are 10 money making activities that you can do right now or start doing right now that is going to help you get get you more towards that goal i love that that's so good and <laughs> and just i just want to say for the record change it with the website it's colors are important i always pick that example as an example of busy work and i think of like i have amazing graphic designer friends who would argue with me but yes but it's important it is important it is um, important it is important <laughs> and i agree like i just we were talking about how i just taught my last class today at the college and i teach graphic designers and so i get it and i agree but you know we illustrated when... yeah we're illustrating a point um yes and i'm at it <laughs> So I think that that's, that's such a great way to think about it. And the, those 10 items, are these 10 tasks or like small tasks or are they projects? It can be whatever feels good for you. So it can be, you know, it can be a goal, uh, like a sub goal. So maybe your goal is to sell five times in a week somewhere to your audience. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is attend one networking event per month. Maybe it is um, sending an email out to your previous 
clients or customers. Uh, so it really does depend on who you are, what, what you're doing. So there's a lot of flexibility. But the other thing is if you're brainstorming this with people, with friends, colleagues, peers, and they're coming up with ideas too, what one thing we hold ourselves back naturally, a lot of us do based on like previous experiences and so, uh, or perceptions, right? And so what I often will tell people and recommend is, okay, so if, for example, you you know, you want to make more money, but you are, you're t- also saying, I'm not going to sell on social media, right? So that's a suggestion. That's one way you can get there. Give me two things you're going to do to counteract your no. So give me two yeses to balance out your no Mm -hmm. and go from there. And then that, because when you're adding two tasks instead of one, that's also going to give you an indication of whether or not that reason, that possibly excuse for the no, how important is that to you? How committed to that excuse are you? Yeah. And I think that's just a good exercise in creativity, right? Like you're also going to end up with a list of ways to make money that you may have never thought of before because you're coming at that challenge from a different lens and with a different goal in mind. So there's a lot of benefits, I think, to doing the exercise this way. And you know, I always I always come out tasks from like you want you want the smallest possible steps, right? And I like the idea of having a balance here because you can keep breaking things down. But if we're short on time, then you can pick Start with the start with the simplest ones first, then. Yeah, and when you can dig in, you can dig in. Yes, exactly. And then that way, if you are leveraging your pockets of time, and you've got a ten minute ten minute window, and you've got a task that's going to take you, you know, three minutes. Now that's something you've done. Whereas if another one of your ideas is more of a, I got to sit down, I'm going to record this video, or you know, what have mm-hmm. you, it's a longer, more intensive process you know that that's something that you can plan for later. And if you're stuck for ideas, you can go on ChatGPT and say, can you give me 50 ways that I can sell my services as a social media manager or a graphic designer right now? Or can you send me 50 freelance opportunities for graphic designers in the U.S.? And, and, and then there, like, that's going to help you again, just expedite it. That's so cool. Oh, that's it's so, so cool. cool. Yes. It's so cool. And then you could also, we could really go down a rabbit hole. I was just going to say, Chelsea, don't do it. <laughs> I know, but do you want to? <laughs> for a second. We got a second. We got a minute. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> but you could also then like, for, for that example, with the freelance opportunities, you could then copy paste your resume into chat GPT and say, optimize my resume for this freelance career opportunity for this company. And you can copy paste that the some of the uh, like the about section of the company into the chat GPT. And it's going to give you back your resume optimized for that specific company and that role. That blows my mind. That's so cool. I know. It's so cool. I played around with it a little bit and I have to go back and, and try it again, but it is really cool. And I should probably have a whole episode about how to use Chappy Chat GPT to save time. Oh my gosh. Please invite me back for that because <laughs> I am a new, I'm a newer convert, but 
Uh, and actually today in my class, we I talked about chat GPT and I told them and for your audience as well, I feel like, yes, there are some limitations to the platform, but the biggest limitation that I am seeing right now is the ways in which we think we can use it. We are going to be mostly limited with chat GPT by our own perspective and perception of what we can use it for because you can just keep like peeling it back and peeling it back. I mean, and my whole presentation today was created by ChatGPT. And I did that very specifically because I wanted to show my graphic design students just how powerful of a tool it is. We'll have to dig into that at another time for my audience because it, it is very, very cool. And I'm excited to lean more into it. It's like pinned on my Chrome browser. <laughs> I just haven't, haven't gone back to it. It's so good. I'm like getting excited in my chest right now and just talking about it. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, that's the thing too, is when we're, so maximizing those moments of time, but also I remember thinking about when I was in college, I thought like I needed like two to three hours to get anything done. And I would pack up snacks in my book bag with everything and like go camp out at the library. And I thought that that was the only way that I was going to be able to like get anything done. And then by senior year, I had a major two minors. I was working. I was running two major clubs at this organization. I was just plus trying to have like a social life and friends. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to work in every spare 15 minutes I have. And that's really how I transitioned into be able to do that part more effectively is having like a plan, right? Like what are those tasks in the small moments? Um, but that's something I work with my clients on too, is they, if you, people think you need these like gloriously free blocks of time. And that's, I mean, if, it, if you have it more power to you, but that's just not the reality of most of our lives. No, it really isn't. And so instead of getting frustrated and overwhelmed by that lack of time, be more intentional with your time, do that time audit see where you can shift things and then start incorporating those pockets of time. And it, it makes a big difference. When you do have those bigger blocks of time, now you can actually sit down and get to the projects and things that require more attention and more focused time instead of just feeling like you're trying to just barely catch up and, and take off, you know, 38 boxes of, of neglected small tasks. Yeah, that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's the other critical piece there is that you have those big blocks of time and then they're wasted because you're doing all of these tiny little random things that feel good, that feel busy because you are you seeing the progress. And so it goes back to like, again, breaking down projects, getting really specific about what you're going to be working on. And I always say giving giving tasks definitive beginning and end because that's what feels good. So that task shouldn't be, you know, redesign my website. It should be update my about page, right? Like we want to give ourselves really actionable things to bite into and get done in a session. Yeah. And if you're having a hard time picking out those very specific things, ask chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lindsay, well, besides using chat GPT all day, what does a normal day or week in your life look like? Okay, so I actually don't use that <laughs> the last 10 minutes would lead you to believe. So usually my days, I don't really get to my desk until 10 a.m. because I get up in the morning with my kids, you know, Monday to Friday, take them to school, do mornings with them. And then I'm usually in client calls 
off and on between 10 and 2. And then I go pick up my kid. And then I usually will do another hour or so of work after we come home from school, depending on the day. Right now we're between activities because it's spring break. So things have just wrapped up, which is great. Otherwise, we're kind of coming home. They're having a snack. I'm hanging out with them, checking in about their day. And then we're, you know, going to soccer practice or gymnastics or whatever's going on at the time. And then the evenings, I most of the time spend it with my family, you know, and that's my rule. There are some nights that I will work later. I'll come back to work, especially if I'm in the creative mode. And I love that. But honestly, my days are pretty simple. I am with the kids when they're home or I'm around for them. Uh, And I try to book all my calls and meetings during the day when they are in school so that I can be with them and I can, you know, manipulate my schedule so I can go on all their field trips and go to their practices. And, And then the weekends are mostly family time, but I actually do love working for a few hours Mm -hmm. on the weekend because it's just, I mean, other than my family, it's uninterrupted time. You know, my clients aren't expecting me around. So it's often it's, it's me time. And Mondays, I don't take meetings. Fridays, I don't take meetings. Fridays, I usually just, I don't really work other than supporting my clients in Boxer, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a great schedule (laughs) to get here though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was not overnight. I think that that's, that's so lovely to hear that you have that, that mix. And I completely resonate with like dedicating some hours on the weekend when you know, that's what, that's when you can have those blocks of uninterrupted work time. Right. And so I think, again, as long as you're being intentional about it, as long as that brings you joy, like then again, we can make our schedule, whatever we want it to be and need it to be. What are some of your favorite productivity tools? Honestly, for me, I find Slack is very helpful for me because I have it organized with my team in different channels. And so for me, it's great because I can, I'm constantly writing, creating content. It kind of never stops. And so it's great for me. I have like one dedicated place that I can put everything. And then I do love Boxer. I use Trello a lot for a long time to organize, but really I've kind of simplified and I really just use Slack. I use Boxer and I use like the Google, the the G Suite just to keep things in order. Yeah. Yeah. I I really tried to simplify. I think it's great. I'm not a coach that readily suggests tech um, Mm. because it's, you have to commit to it in order to see the benefit of it. And there's so many choices that can feel it's like dizzying the number of platforms out there and they're all good. It's not a knock on any of them. They're all very good, but I think it's easy to just commit to whatever works best for you. Like ultimately that's going to be the most effective choice when that works best for you. Yeah, I agree. And also as sort of an addition to the dizzying amount of tools that we can use, what I also see so often is that People will sign up for a new tool or a new platform like um, Trello or Notion or ClickUp, and they'll be really excited and they'll do this big deep dive to get it all working and automated the way they want. In doing so, they're actually not doing any of the actual work. It becomes the busy work. And then that's all done and everything's shiny and pretty. They feel accomplished. And then they stop using it because now they're overwhelmed by all the notifications. And now they're also behind on their other work. 
Lindsay, stay out of my office and my head because that's exactly what I do and why I don't recommend tech. <laughs> you are not alone. That is, that is my so journey. <laughs> many people do that. And I literally had this conversation about a month ago with one of my clients and she was switching from Notion to ClickUp. And I said, I understand that you want to use a platform and a tool. We just wrapped up Notion and we also use Slack. And you you have very clearly told me that when the notifications become too much, you basically like turtle and you stick your head in the sand and avoid everything. And I get the same way. I'm not saying I don't. It's fairly common. But I said, um, we're going to have the same issue when we switch over to click up. So why are we doing this? Unless we're actually dealing with the root of the issue. Why are we making this big switch? Why are we putting so much time, energy and money into this? When in two months, maximum, we're going to be in the exact same position. Something you can reflect on too, Chelsea. Yeah, like, I, well, I don't, I don't, I just don't use the tools anymore. I just okay. use it. Yeah. I just have a paper and pen. And then I think longingly, oh, it'd be so cool to set that all up. And then I don't do it. So. Well, then that could be like a hobby project for you. Right. Yeah. Be like a, a rainy Sunday afternoon. And then that could fill your boots and, and you know, that. And then just like it. leave it to die on the internet, which I always, generally yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, or you can turn it into a template and sell it. <laughs> Money making activity. All right. See, we're bridging these uh, the interests. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Oh right, I have a couple rapid fire questions for you, and then I'll give everyone your contact information to make sure they can follow along for more of your amazing content stuff. Um, all right. Are you a morning person or a night person? Okay, I'm actually like an afternoon person. That's mm-hmm. kind of right. Right. Like maybe like 10 to 1. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, same. Pen and paper or all digital? Honestly, I go back and forth on this. I have rheumatoid arthritis, so I like a pen and paper. Sometimes I physically cannot do pen and paper mm-hmm. because I'm in too much pain. So I kind of have a love-hate relationship with both, to be honest. I like a balance. Okay. All right. And what is your favorite way to relax? Ooh, I love going to the float house, like the sensory deprivation tank. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I try to go every other week. I have been a little bit negligent lately. Um, I also love a pedicure. I love a bath. I always tell people I'm a pretty low key person. I, the only fancy things about me are my baths, my pedicures and my cocktails. So (laughs) and pedicures for sure in a spa day and also meditating mm. and the bachelor <laughs> oh yes those are great those are all perfect mm. <laughs> well okay i have a bonus question now what is your cocktail go-to cocktail so my dad and i are similar we call this the like drinking roulette we rarely commit to the same drink more than once in a night but i do it is funny because i actually I really like a sweet cocktail, like a sugar rim, but sort of my like standard go-to nice cocktail would be a whiskey sour. Okay. So not at all really sweet. Yeah. That's a good one though. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Mm, Very good. They're really good. Yeah. Where can everybody find you to chat with you more and learn more about your amazing work? Well, they're 
probably going to try to escape me now because I've made it clear that I don't shut up. But my Instagram's kind of the best place to find me. So it's at the Lindsay Stead. Um, and so I'm on there. That's where I am the most. You can check out my website. And yeah, but Instagram's kind of the main, my main jam. Perfect. And that'll all be listed in the show notes so people can can find you um, and follow along. But this was so much fun. We're definitely going to have to do a round two with chat gpt i mean there's so many things we could go off on but we'll definitely have to do a round two okay i would love to yes we did identify that fairly quick in the uh prep call that we had that this would be hard to wind up (laughs) well thank you so much for being here thank you for having me it's been so great thank you for enjoying another episode of from overwhelmed to under control i hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.